As of right now, we are at war. How desperate am I? You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very you might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast about Marvel Christ Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Bruffett. How are we doing today, Chris? Jesse, I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about the Las Vegas Open. Kind of parse some of this data, go through this, ask every single Guardians player why they played Guardians. It's going to take all year. I think we know the answer. Yeah, they're great. They are so good right now, and that's okay. Yeah, it's it's going to be a great time. We've we've got to see Bishop's card recently, so that's been super exciting. Yep, can't wait to talk about him on this very show. So yeah, moving into you know MCP about to pick up here in the spring, like it always does. Oh, absolutely! And with Adepticon around the corner, I'm sure we're going to get more and more MCP, like we talked about. And with you and I going, there's just so many things coming up on the show and in this game and. LVO is just the beginning of this year, right? Absolutely. That's the start. Yeah. Or is well, it the end? Is it the end of the last year's business? It is the you know? end. It's, it, yeah, it's one of and those. And then Adepticon is kind of the start. Yeah, feels for like. sure. Of the competitive circuit, most most notably, yeah. It's the end of the previous year. And, and then it resets. The moment LVO is over, onward, we have a full year of... New season, new me. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. But... With all that said, we did not go to LVO this year, so this is going to be even more exciting because we get to examine it through this lens of you know, bystanders and people cheering others on. And I don't know. I was having so much fun watching all the events when LVO was going on when I could on the Professional Casual Network. Love that group there. And they did an amazing job covering everything. And you know, that's a long day, Chris, of streaming. It's a very long day. For multiple days in a row, right? So all the way from the last chance qualifier to the two-day you know, 64 person event, premier event. So we're going to talk about a lot of that today. But before we do, we have some people to thank real quick. Fury's Finest is supported by Mr. Laser. Go to mr-laser.square.site for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. And please, while you're there, use the discount code FURY5 for a cool 5% off of your purchase. Go ahead and get your Mutant and Wakanda pre-orders in now, folks. And like I said, please remember to use that discount code. It helps us. It helps Mr. Laser. It helps you. There's no reason not to. Absolutely. And get ready for the new year too and get yourself a Mr. Laser trade. It's maybe take to one of these events to magnetize your model and choose your favorite color combo because he's got all the colors you could ever want. It's for awesome. Trays. It's absolutely awesome. Additionally, Fury's Finest is supported by iWarGame. iWarGame makes the best marked mats for MCP in the business. We highly recommend checking them out. Make sure game's easy to set up, easy to deploy get multiple games in a day quickly with this with multiple objectives it's the way to do it highly beautiful hg mats as well with different themes 
and volume two is out. So use our code FF podcast to get any mat from the store uh, with a 10% off discount. And it lets you know, we sent you. So it means a lot. It helps everybody for real. It's not just things we say. It's, it's very true. Additionally, Fury's Finest could not function without our patrons. And we have a lot of goals for this year and you guys are going to help us get there through the Patreon. So our patrons support us at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy the show and would like to join our private discord community, consider supporting us with a monthly tier. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. You know, it is a new year and maybe some of you guys are new. So quick spiel on our Patreon, you get access to the private discord at any tier you're at. But if you have tiers higher than that, you can get our bonus episodes of the podcast where we do all sorts of like impromptu conversations all the way to deep list building guides, discussions, updates on our lives on that after dark feed. So many things there. All kinds and of things. You get so much access to other things going on on the discord, like the pending gallery with no name, voting galleries and discussions. And of course, our secret wars league, which is in full swing yet again, this time with timelines. It's great. I'm having a lot of fun. Still mad at you, Dennis. There it is. Also, we're probably going to do some pre-Adepticon and post-Adepticon discussions there as well, and maybe some um, meetups, depending on... Hopefully, yeah. Yes, and the Discord's going to be a way for us to do that. So everyone's Discord really means a lot, but we really appreciate you jumping on there on the Patreon because it's the number one way to support us. And speaking of support, we have a new patron of the week, Chris, Liam. Thank you so much, Liam, for becoming a patron. Liam, thank you so much. And of course... Our Avenger-level producers, the guys that really get it done. Rich and Sean, thank you so much. You guys rock. They get a shout-out every episode. That's what she gets as a producer, and they're helping us keep the lights on. So means a lot, guys, and we'll continue to thank you. All right, Chris, let's get into our main topic today, which is LVO Invitational 2024. Of course, we did an episode on this last year because I went, and we also interviewed Vince, the champion from last year, which was great. But just a quick summary of LVO 2024. So the LVO circuit goes on throughout the year and certain stores apply to get qualifier events. They have to be a certain size to basically give someone a qualifier and to give out points. And at the end of the year, players who have won qualifier events and players that have accumulated a certain amount of points in hierarchy order, essentially get called, right? And say, who's coming? Who's coming to LVO, right? And this is all run by Omnis, who we love. And Tyson, they'd run this whole thing of their own free will time. Awesome job. Big shouts. Huge, huge, huge for the community. Truly insane. Love it. It is absolutely insane. Maniacs. They are maniacs. But it it is by far the most premier event in North America because you've got to not only win an event, you know, which it could be a four-round event, could be a six-round event. You've got to go undefeated at that and then get a qualifying spot or you've got a place in like the top four top eight top eight multiple times at these events to get enough points to attend off of points right so regardless every player that's going to this is an amazing player and then the last day pre the lvo main event which is on saturday so the last day being friday they have one final massive qualifier where they will grab some players from that as well to fill out the lvo event on Saturday to get it up 64 players. And, you know, so some people qualify right before as well, which is absolutely fantastic. So that's all the backstory on to describe how these players make it here. It's, it's a true case of, and to quote the macho man, Randy Savage cream rises to the top. Ooh, yeah. That's absolutely true. Chris perfectly summarized. 
And man, I had the time of my life last year playing at this event, going four and two and playing the best players around North America easily. And I learned so much as a player. And so I'm sad I couldn't attend this year, but we have our sights set on next year if we can make it happen. But all that said, we got to get into how this year went, LVO 2024. And the answer is it went amazingly because we had an X-Force player in the top four. Thank you, Alec. You did it. <laughs> Spoilers. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, had, I couldn't I couldn't hold back any longer. I got my I got my Macho Man impression in. Now I have to talk X Force. Sorry. We will talk X Force a lot. No, today. It, yeah, Do we'll not get worry. there. We'll get there. Let's talk about the affiliation breakdown first, Chris, which is I think very interesting. And we can even talk about some representation of characters in the top ten that showed up as well. So sixty-four players, some of them had dual affiliated lists. So keep that in mind, right? Because some of these rosters that come up, especially the lower numbers, it's very evocative of, oh, that was a player of that certain affiliation that played at one time. So most represented affiliation, Guardians of the Galaxy. Not a huge shock, but 12 players is a lot of players out of a 64 event, Chris. Pretty big slice of the pie, yeah. Followed by Web Warriors at 10 and Hellfire at 8. That was what was most surprising to me, and I assumed that you would just be ecstatic about that. I was. I also like felt some sort of pain because I was like, why am I yeah. not one of those? Players? I could have been the ninth Hellflare, Hellfire player. Yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting about that, though, is Guardians taking up most of the slew and same with Web Warriors. But then after that, Chris, we are all over the place. We've got so much representation. So we've got Brotherhood and Shield next at six players. That's pretty expected. That's about right. Like, I feel like other than those two big players, pie slices uh every other affiliation feels about right there's a couple i wonder why there weren't a couple more there's a couple i wonder why there were so many but you know for the most part we had a great spread there was only four affiliations unused through the whole tournament which is pretty great for for a game as expansive as this is like we've gotten the model counts insane at this point so each affiliation has almost you know most of these affiliations have a couple leaders at this point you know, it's just, there's a lot of stuff to get in. So I think we did pretty good. Yeah. 21 affiliations represented and only four missing. Only two Avengers. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so, crazy. So going down the line after shield and brotherhood being six, we had defenders at five, which, you know, the new defenders leadership is absolutely incredible. And that makes a lot of sense. And then we had a lot of teams represented at four. So we had Wakanda, four players, midnight suns, four players, X-Men, four players. That's an insanely low X-Men number. Let's be honest there, but there's reasons I'll talk about it. And then black order at four players. This is one with the asterisks though, big time, because this was essentially a lot of the guardians players and others that had Thanos in their list said, why don't I just bring a model or two to go black order? If I need to, though, there was four black order players. There was only one black order game played. That should tell you enough right there, right? Yep. So after the fours, we get into three, which is we had Criminal Syndicate, three players, and they did very well. We'll talk about that later. But then we get into all these twos, like Chris talked about. Avengers, A-Force, Cabal, seems a little low for Cabal these days, and two unaffiliated and two X-Force. What are your thoughts? Unaffiliated, huh? Yeah, somebody probably played an unaffiliated one or two games. Oh, it happens. Yeah, it definitely, there's definitely cases where it's better for you to play unaffiliated. Pretty rare, but yeah, it just, just shows probably pretty smart players. 
yeah, in closing out, we had a couple affiliations that were represented by one player, Weapon X and Humans, Winter Guard, Asgard, Spider Foes. Those are some wild other than Winter Guard, those are some affiliations you expect to see more of a lot of the time. Yeah, so a lot of this is I think people making meta calls. One hundred percent. It's it it very very much shows what day and age we're in when we've got twelve guardian players and one as guardian player, one foe player. But that's okay, right? Like the game will shift. We'll have twelve players of a different affiliation next year. I was really surprised at the amount of Web Warriors players, to, though. To be completely honest. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's what I was thinking would be. I was thinking for sure they'd be the most represented objective team. It makes sense that they'll always be the most represented objective team because they eat the lunch of every other objective team yes like they 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 can absolutely just get so ahead against an objective based x-men or hellfire or like thinking of other strong objective teams right absolutely they're great they're great in the objective mirror i have a strong desire to play them i just you know i didn't expect 10 people to bring them i Mm. maybe expected a couple more wakanda players but that might change with king t'challa and the you know the new killmonger coming Oh, so, most certainly. So prepare for the year of Wakanda. I'm certainly excited for the year of Wakanda until, you know, I'm it too. gets annoying. Absolutely. Well, the only unused affiliations that Chris alluded to were the four, which were Sentinels and Dark Dimension. That's not unexpected at this premier level and event where teams that aren't quite there on the competitive level that all these other teams are. And they just don't have many pieces as right. of right now. What was a little bit more interesting, a little bit more surprising. Yep. No, not in this meta necessarily, but in just in the sense of power levels of, of rosters, no Hydra, no combo. Pretty wild. You know what combo gets destroyed by Chris? Energy attacks. Huh. And it's out. That was a good medical because if someone brought combo to this, even as myself or whoever, someone was a big combo person, they would not have a fun time at this event. No. 12 Guardians out there that all did well, by the way, I will mention. That would be a bad time as a combo player. Uh, so. And probably a Sentinels too. You're just, your Sentinels are in the middle of the board and yep. they just get shot in a lot. They're getting shot a lot. The Hydra one is the only one that really stands out to me. It's interesting. But then when you th- put it through the lens of there was only two Cabal players and maybe they didn't even, they could have maybe flexed the Hydra too if they wanted to, but they chose not to. And there was only two of them. That makes sense when you look at that lens. I mean, it tracks. It's just kind of on the surface a little bit surprising because Hydra seems to be an affiliation that's got a little bit of juice. There's something there. Yeah, and they had a good run when they first came out, right? So maybe a new piece or something this year, maybe a meta development will bring them back around. Absolutely. Well, before we get into the top 16 and then most notably the top eight, Chris, let's talk about, you know, the top 20 characters that showed up at the event, because that's where we get a little bit more interesting, where we'll definitely see some meta trends by the nature of what our game is. We can splash any model anywhere we want, right? So starting with the most played character, 39 players brought Beta Ray Bill. That's a lot. That is a lot when you consider the next two most played models were Toad and Black Cat at around 24 and 23, respectively. So, so not quite half a bill, but you know. What what does that tell you? I know what it tells me, but what does that tell you when you see that many players playing Beta Ray Bill? That in this meta and at this moment in time in the game that Bill is just the most consistent four threat and we all need four threats right now. <laughs> to me... I think you nailed it. Bill is the most consistent, easily easy to use plug and play four threat that can successfully challenge the midline round one. 
for sure. You know, and we were talking before this, this even came before we even started recording this episode about how dangerous the midline still is in this game. It's been dangerous for a long time, but you know, he is one of the few characters that you can plug and play and he's going to be fine because he's in that, that four threat range. You know, there's not anybody that does it better at the three threat range just because of his mobility, that medium base. Yeah. And eyes on being the prize. able and being able eyes on the prize and being able to gain two power from being an Asgardian. Yeah. So we just need, I think we just need a couple more tough models that kind of can fill that space with a little bit of difference with the and movement. That, that 39 will go down to about 12. I like that theory. Absolutely. Just to be honest, like get more medium based models with, yeah, Bill's that can, kind that of can survive. Kit. Yeah. Just tougher type models yeah. that can move up there and play eyes on the prize or get rid of eyes on the prize. We're, we're in a heavy attrition meta and guardians are kind of running the game in a lot of ways. And so first of all, I guarantee all 12 of these guardians players had bills. So take that in mind. That's a lot yep. of numbers of bills, but also when you're in a meta like this, you need something that's durable without rolling average defense dice. Right. And correct do that by reducing. And he's also mobile. Like Chris said, he's not, he doesn't have good action economy at all. No, he doesn't. He has no charges. He has, but he does have aggressive and he does have medium moves. So he has ways to get around the board and a throw. The throw is huge, especially the in this meta. Massive. Well. The, big yep. characters out there in the meta. He's also with big characters out in the meta. He's good against them, right? With his summon the storm and with his size four throw, he's got a great role in the game. But the irony of that is we talked about safer midline steals. Well, toad can do that as well. And toads right up here. Toad still best two threat in the game. I don't think there's any yep. doubt about that in this particular meta we're in and have been in for some time. And, you know, at the end of the day, Toad has five health on his front side. And that's just something that not all the two threats have. And that's massive as well because he can stay alive longer. He can score. We were talking about this on our very last yeah. episode. And Honey, Honey Badger's got a decent amount of health on her front she, side, but she, she does can't too. score. Yeah, she's she's up with Toad, but she is not a scorer. And then a lot of the other twos have, of course, four health. So yeah, it is one of those things that with his tongue, being able to grab stuff on the midline, with his push on his strike, if you get a little lucky, and with his slip away and his hop, I mean, he's got mobility. He's got everything. He just doesn't have attrition. And, you know, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. So, no, he shouldn't at all. So Toad being there and Black Cat being right behind him says a lot. It shows how good Black Cat is. It also shows how many Web Warriors were present at this event. And they all were playing Black Cat. You got to think about that. Criminals were at this event as well. And it also proves that AMG did a stellar job because they nerfed Black Cat, but also gave her a slight buff to her defenses. When I say slight, I mean massive buff to her defenses. <laughs> she's I like domino she's, now. I really like running Black Cat. She's good. She's fun. She doesn't feel oppressive anymore. Her playstyle changed, and that's good. Her playstyle is what it should have been the whole time now. Yeah, she's more of a true web warrior, too. Yeah, in and out, quick strikes, and trying to grab the thing and you know try to steal the thing, Later. but not running to a corner <laughs> well yeah and stealing the thing like later in the game i mean and, yeah you know, and taking an action to do it right so good stuff well, let's go through the fourth fifth and sixth most represented models two of them don't shock me at all one of them interesting yeah, one of them does dude yeah so n- coming in at number four with 22 players playing him it's none other than big brucey baby bruce banner the hulk sixth threat hulk not unexpected in this spot, but maybe 
pleasantly surprised that it can't that Hulk is number four and not higher. Yeah, I mean, only a f- third of players, right? Yep, that's good. Everyone's always talking about how oppressive Hulk is and all this stuff. And the irony is, in a meta like this, not really, because you could just blow him up. But he's still amazing. He still should be one of the best models in the game because he is Hulk, and he is one of the best models in the game. And he's got a lot of good teams out there that yeah, he's he affiliated with. So makes sense that he's this represented. Though I agree, Chris, fourth might be a little lower than I was expecting. I might have been expecting third. I think it's great. It is great. Number five, Spider-Man, Miles Morales. This is my Spider-Man, everybody. Miles is my guy. I love him. He's a great three threat. Offers offers a lot in this game. A lot other than killing. And he can kill if he needs to. If he has to, and you get a little bit lucky. I mean, anybody can spike in this game, which is wild. But yeah, Miles at five makes perfect sense with how many web warriors we had. Yeah, and like a lot of the Hellfire players were running Miles. Mm-hmm. And then a lot good. of the... Yeah, and he's he's a tool ironically he's a tool in the in the web warrior fight that hellfire kind of struggles against because he can steal stuff back um he has a steal he has mobility he has defenses he has a throw what's not to love about miles he's still great still one of the best threes in the game and really helpful in a meta like this where you could just be completely stopped in your tracks by a super aggressive attrition team or a super objective based team and miles can come in or out depending on what you're facing right so it's like if you're playing against a super objective team, like you're bringing Miles, right? Because he can Absolutely. catch people, he can steal stuff, and and they're not going to kill him, right? Because they're a nope. super objective based team. So, yeah, I think Miles makes a lot of sense. Not shocking at all to see him played by 21 players. So let's get to shocking. Number six, Agent Venom Flash Thompson in at 18 players, sixth most represented model. Amazing model. He is really good. It's weird in this meta. He's not very good into energy. Uh, a little bit squishy, but he does. He's got a lot of tools in his toolkit, as we've talked about many times on this podcast. It does a little. It does make sense, though, to the two most represented factions. He is a member of both of their rosters. So that's probably what it is. I think that's probably what it is. Uh, I am extremely excited, though, to see what's coming in at number seven. One of my favorite new models in the game. Big shout out to my my friend Accuser. We're both big Spider-Woman Jessica Drew enthusiasts. Uh, She came in at number seven with 16 players. Happy to see this here. She's a wonderful model. Once again, a little squishy, but for your objective-based play, for being sneaky, for being weird, doing things your opponent just doesn't really expect, she is almost top-notch. Yeah, and she's four-threat miles, right? And She's great. I love her. She's a souped-up miles and... Super mobile. As Chris said, I think similar to our Agent Venom and Miles situation, you know, Agent Venom even more so because he was on two affiliations. Because like you said, 18 players playing Agent Venom, 22 players playing Guardians and Web Warriors pushed together. That makes a lot of sense. They were both, there was some combination of them both playing him. And I think Spider-Woman is very similar. And I also think Spider-Woman was obviously showing up in these Avengers, A-Force, Hellfire rosters as well, things like that. So What's not to love? And keeping that theme going, Rhino is here at 15 players right behind Spider-Woman. And got to point out while we're here, Chris, we are in the top eight. And in the top eight, we have four steals. Huh. One of them is a card, which is Rhino, and it's a one-time steal. But the rest are on the characters, and they can happen multiple times in a game. What do you know? Yeah, I think it says a lot about the meta that steals are king right now. You've either got to have a steal in your roster or an answer to steals, like mission objective or pathways to stop that. 
And the irony of that is the teams that don't want to steal just have crazy attrition. Insane attrition. So you've got to have one or the other. <laughs> and you've got to make up That's your mind. What it, it feels like you have to commit to the bit right now, uh, the way the way MCP has gone. A game I like a little bit more is a more mid-rangey game where you bring tools for everything. But that just depends on the models released and you know how people gravitate. But let's get to one of the more surprising things for me here. Hmm. Number nine, Cosmic Ghost Rider, only brought by 14 people. Yeah, so it's almost like, I don't know if every Guardians player brought him, but I saw that most, most if not all of them, did bring him. So that's roughly 10 or 12, right? I mean, some other people just splashed him as a, probably, honestly, as a as a Ghost Rider mirror piece, right? Like, oh, your list has Ghost Rider? Well, I have him too. You might be Guardians, but I'm something else with Ghost Rider. So yeah, it's shocking in the sense of how powerful he is in the game right now, but it's also not shocking with there's kind of a feeling and a gentleman's agreement around him at the moment. I mean, case in point, I went to that qualifier in Dallas, one of the last qualifiers of the year, very competitive event that was kind of like LSO part two, the just smaller and no one brought cosmic ghost Rider at that. It was almost like a, a, a gentleman's agreement there. So I, and that's what sooner said. And he applauded everyone for it because <laughs> he has his opinions on ghost Rider, but I don't know. I, I think if you look it through the lens of there actually wasn't that many attrition teams outside of the guardians at this event. Yeah. That's probably mainly what it is. Well, and even the ones that were there weren't necessarily homes for cosmic ghost Rider either outside no, of like the guardians. defenders, right? They were probably bringing Hulk, right? X-Force doesn't really want to bring cosmic ghost Rider. That's a lot of threat. Way too much. Yeah. Both the defenders players brought Hulk. Of course. I so just checked that. So, yeah, it's interesting, but it also kind of distracts if you like logic it out. But I mean, he's still in the top 10 models. And speaking of model number 10, his Cosmic Ghost Rider was nine. Amazing Peter, 13 players. Sounds like most of the web warriors had him and or a Hellfire player or two or a criminal player or two. Once again, objective teams. Yeah, he's like really him. good. He's really good. It is getting tighter for him these days when you've got models like in those objective teams where you've got models like Spider-Woman and Rhino and, and things like that, that you just want to bring as often as possible. Sometimes the math edges Peter out. And irony, Chris, is Peter's being edged out by none other than himself these days. Our new corset, Peter Parker, a lot. Because people are basically saying, I don't have the room to bring models 9 and 10 that are the same name characters where I can never field them on a squad together, right? You're limiting your build a little bit yes. through the rules as read in the rule book. So, and I will tell you like all these web warrior players were running three threat Peter. So that could edge out some of that too, right? Yep. That, that hurts him a little bit, but almost all those web warrior players, but do not be afraid to try amazing Spider-Man in multiple lists. He's a great piece. See where he fits. See where you think, see what you think about him. I think he's worth being splashed in several different places in the correct situation. All right. Jesse, we've we've now gotten through the the top ten. Yeah. So let's let's speed it up a little bit because yep, a lot of these, these a lot of these here are going to be exactly what you expected. Coming in at number 11, 13 players playing him is Wong. One of a quickly rising two threat in this game as far as power yeah. level and popularity goes. Second most represented two threat at pretty cool. a premier event. We're gonna move into number 12, which is no surprise here given how many people brought the guardians but it's star lord peter quill 12 guardians 12 star lords huh what do you sense. know 12 ghost spiders 10 web warrior players so yeah here uh we only had one 
Winter Guard player, but we had we had 12 players also playing Crimson Dynamo, which of course makes sense. Amazing tool in this meta. Amazing tool against Guardians. He is killer in this current meta and am one of, I think that, uh, you know, the power everyone's bringing him for, he's really the only one that has it. He's a mid midline E threat specialist. Yeah. Yep. And uh, until more, until more folks can be changing, you know, forcing rerolls after all of the dice are situated. I think Crimson Dynamo is going to be here for a little bit. Moving on, we've got Lizard coming in at number 11, Jesse's favorite model. 11 players. That's a lot. Number 16, Spectacular Spider-Man, Peter Parker with 10 people playing. Which is funny because he's he's very similar to Lizard, like his play yeah. style and everything and the way he plays. Okoye in at 17 with 10 players also, flanked by Nebula at 18 with also 10 players. So a a very interesting tie here, two completely different two threats, very different ways of playing, but Nebula makes sense given the prevalence of Guardians at the event. Okoye makes sense because she's awesome. Okoye is back on the rise. I love it, dude. I've I've had some great moments with uh, Okoye and Nebula, both on the tabletop. So it's good to see them played. Agreed. And rounding out the top 20 at 19, is Bullseye, nine players. And tying him at nine players is the one and only Dr. Voodoo. He was nerfed, but he's back. Yeah, he's still, still good. good and still potential steal once again. So we, we see another steal that's kind of showed up in this list. A couple of mentions, Chris, kind of going from the top 20 to the top 30. Great models all showing up here. New Ultron, Ultron Metal Tyrant showing up. Awesome. I love that. He's amazing. Black Panther, Rocket Raccoon, Black Widow. So there's our other two threat represented. Juggernaut, kind of low numbers for Juggernaut. A- eight. Emma eight because we had some hell a lot of yep. hellfire players luke cage and mystique once again some of our rest three threats in the game followed by baron zemo so luke cage mystique and baron zemo all being represented seven times and closing out at number 30 nick fury and the howling commandos this is cool because they were obviously played in the shield rosters but they were also just splashed in theory and quickly followed by daredevil and thanos and i hulk after that and Sam Wilson, lowest Sam Wilson numbers I've seen at a competitive tournament in a while. Only six That's players. Crazy. But our Avengers numbers were really low. Yes. And so Isn't, these were just people splashing Sam, essentially. This might be the only year we get such low Avenger turnout. So I'm shocked. Everyone that was so upset with, you know, original Steve being so prevalent for so long, bask in it, enjoy it, uh, soak this up. It's not going to be forever. Very notable mention. There was only two Avengers players, but they both made the top 10. So that should say a lot. <laughs> that should say what do you lot. know? What do you know? And speaking of top 10 and top grouping. So of course it was 64 player event. So if you make the top 16, that is very notable. And we're going to talk about the top 16. Let's start with um, ninth through 16th, Chris, because we'll obviously do our deep dive in the top eight. In the rosters that were affiliated, rosters that showed up, and then the people that were there. So number nine, you know him, you love him. I've played him multiple times now. We have a back and forth competitive relationship, which is fantastic. Zach Cohen, formerly Mandalorian Orange, and ninth place with Guardians. Nice job, Zach. Also, what's up? What's up, Zach? Yeah, and once again, I love that Zach still playing Angel in his roster, still playing Hulk in his roster. Of course, he has Cosmic Ghost Rider. And all the other Guardians, good stuff. But moving on, we had Dayton, who played 
Avengers. So I mentioned there was Avengers in the top 10. This was the 10th player. And this list, Chris, was pretty interesting. It was Sam Wilson Avengers with all good stuff. These are pretty good models here. Every model is a great model on this list. So we've got Bill, Voodoo, Hulk, Cage, Pyro, Widow, Rhino, Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman, and Iron Man. So just really just purely like go where you need to play a good game of MCP Avengers. But moving on, we had Michael in 11th place with Web Warriors. And it is a bunch of Web Warriors. It's like all the Web Warriors. I think he is the highest finishing Web Warrior in this event. Perfect. So he had all he had all Web Warriors, and then but then he the splashes he had were Beta Ray Bill, Invincible Iron Man, and Psylocke. Excellent. So some some really cool objective and attrition pieces like with his Web Warriors to help. Love him seeing love seeing Moon Knight played. He just doesn't get taken all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, people are playing him again a lot. No, he's he's starting to show back up again, and I love it. It makes me happy. I've never, I've never dropped him. I think he's. I know you haven't. I think people just get fixated on him doing crazy things, and it's, well, you just, can't, you can't always plan on what he's going to do. Yeah, he's, he's a wild card. But moving on, Chris, the twelfth player, we had defenders showing up. This is Daredevil, Marvel Knights defenders with a lot of good defender stuff. Really, honestly, a lot of defenders models, and then we've got Bill and Baron Zemo showing up alongside Miles Morales, and the rest are defenders. So you've got some, some defenders tools. And this is a purely daredevil leadership defender team. Absolutely. They're playing mutant. They're playing mayor Fisk. Like you and I did in our list build episode and discussions about defenders. And I, I really enjoy feed. that. I really enjoy the, the mayor Fisk objective. With this team. Days. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a blast. It's gotta be the right team, but when it's right, it's right. And it can go so well. It's so fun. And speaking of web warriors, again, we have another web warrior player called, Quebec Tango as their Longshanks alias. Once again, all the Web Warriors, Toad, Wong. Interesting. This is a super wide Web Warriors. You know, this is this yeah. is kind of what I was playing a lot last year, where you always kind of have Toad and Wong, and then all the three threat Web Warriors, and you just go as wide as possible, and then throw a four or five on top, you know, to kind of yeah. close off your threat. Amazing wide Web Warrior roster. At fourteenth, we had JP Great with Hellfire. What's interesting about this Hellfire, Chris, is a lot of normal Hellfire stuff. Emma, Rhino, Beta Ray Bill, Black Cat, Captain Marvel, Apex, Miles Morales, but then Okoye. But then you've got Corvus and Proxima, Reality Corvus. So a little bit of attrition. I love that. I do too. That's some innovation. I think it's awesome. Well, well, well done. Well done. Shocking to see and very exciting to see. Because keep in mind, Chris, all these players on the top 9 through 16 went 4 and 2 at this event. Pretty incredible, dude. Number 15, we have... Aaron Franklin from the infamous podcast. Aaron and I have crossed paths many times over the years now. They're from the Kansas City crew. Incredible player Aaron is. Aaron was playing X-Force X-Men unaffiliated. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling that any of these uh, these unaffiliated games were going to be X-Force or X-Men games. We're just like not taking a leader and just... Just because uh, X-Force, you know, Cable is a five threat leader that is not always viable on every crisis setup. He's really a great piece. Do not get me wrong. I am not complaining in any way, shape, or form. And then, you know, he's running Storm, too. So the Storm, the Storm X-Men, not great into, <laughs> not great into Guardians. So I just had a, I had a feeling it was going to be a mutant player. I'm going to have to ask Aaron and pick his brain about some of this, but he went affiliated four times out of his six games. 
So he's got so a he, plan. He, he accounted plan. For, for both of them, huh? Yeah, I think we need to get to the bottom of this. Absolutely. So let's talk about Aaron's list real quick. So he had Storm, Cable, Logan, Psylocke, X-23. That's kind of his mutant package. But then he had Black Panther, Baron Zemo, Nebula, Rocket, Reality Space, Thanos. So, I mean, it sounds like the unaffiliated games were Thanos-centric, but not Black yeah. Order games, yeah. right? So it's almost like playing a Black Order list without being affiliated, right? And I'm curious on how that went. Uh, obviously, very well, four and two and top 16. And number 16, someone that I cross paths with, it seems like every year at Lone Star Open, Adam Lebo went as criminals and spider foes, being the one spider foes player we talked about, Chris. Yes. So he was jumping between Doc Ock, spider foes, and Kingpin, which we absolutely adore. We've got all the usual suspects of criminals and spider foes. And then we have Ultron, Metal Tyrant, Ant-Man, Scott Lang, Black Widow, and Toad. The Black Widow. That is the fourth threat Black Widow who got p- played four times. I think she's in four or five rosters. Might have been by Adam. But I think that's awesome. Yep. I really like that model. And it's a pain that she is, you know has the same name as a two threat that you often need to play to make affiliation. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I am looking forward to a year of exploring what the black widow can do. Well, absolutely. And I, I like really seeing her in this roster where you don't want to attack her. You don't want to fight her. She's got all these defensive mods and stuff. And Adam put her in a roster where it's either Kingpin or it's new doc. Ock, where either one, you don't want to attack those people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Smart. They're, they're playing objective play. So I, I really would like to see how much she came up. So that was our top 16. Congrats to all of them. And a great affiliation spread. The only double dipping we saw in this top 16 was Web Warriors. Which is to be expected, given how many Web Warriors we had at the of event. This back half of the top 16, yeah. I you know, it's, I think it's also telling that the Web Warriors, the, their highest finish was 11th. So tough, tough going into Guardians all the time is all I'm saying. 100%. So let's get into this top eight now and see what the spread was there, starting with eighth and working our way up. Jeremiah England. Our other Avenger. That's right. Sam Wilson, Steve Rogers, dual leadership Avengers. Avengers, good stuff. It's Avengers, good stuff. A couple splashes. A couple splashes. We've got Heimdall in there, which I love seeing. Yeah. We've got Thor. Oh, Thor's an Avenger. Baron Zemo, of course. Crimson Dynamo in here makes complete sense. And the one you don't expect, I think he might be an Avenger, but Agent Venom. Not an Avenger. So it's exciting to see him show up and and maybe bring some anti-Web Warrior tech. It's hard to remember all those Avengers. There's a literal slew of them. So many Avengers. And obviously Heimdall with Steve is just an amazing thing. very, very neat and love it. Jumping further in, seventh place, we have a Brotherhood player showing up. This makes me very excited because... If I was going this year, it was either going to be Hellfire or Brotherhood that I was playing. And this player, Dustin, did not fall into the trap of bringing Magneto and just went Mystique the whole time. So we got Mystique, Hulk, Juggernaut, Colossus, Rogue, Dr. Voodoo, Pyro, Ghost Spider, Lizard, Toad. Move a couple pieces around here. This could easily be a Hellfire roster. Very similar. I like the Rogue inclusion quite a bit. Yeah, and she is Brotherhood affiliated. She is. And criminally underutilized right now. I feel like she came out at the very beginning of this, this, the, the four threat Renaissance. Oh yeah. Like two years ago. And she's kind of been forgotten about, but she still is a very, very good model and has some very specific and some very specific uses that she's very good at. Absolutely. And also what I like about this roster, Chris, when I say the Magneto trap, 
this person brought deception as they're restricted. So you're not even worried about if you're getting the value of deception the entire turn because you're gonna, just going to play Mystique every game, right? And you can make a decision based on the matchup. So absolutely amazing to see Brotherhood in the top eight. But moving on, we've got Eric who brought Defenders. Of course, once again, Daredevil Defenders showing up. A lot of Defenders, Crimson Dynamo, Beta Ray Bill, and Miles Morales, and Dr. Voodoo. So Pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, two defensive tools, two steals with a bunch of good Defenders. I love it. That's a really strong list. Moving on, we got Hyper Viper in fifth place. Hyper Viper played Hellfire and was the highest placing Hellfire of the entire event. A very good Hellfire roster here. A lot of the usual suspects, but we'll just run through it. We've got Baron Zemo, Beta Ray Bill, Black Cat, Captain Marvel, Emma Frost, Logan, the Wolverine, Rhino, Miles Morales, Toad, and Ultron Metal Tyrant. So, yeah. Solid, solid, solid list. And clearly, always expertly piloted. piloted. Five and one, right? I mean, you got to think about all these people lost to the champions. Yep, 100%. So moving on, we have Alexander, as of course is formerly known as Smart Alec, and from one of the USA WTC teams, of course, Omnis's team, with my good friend Amon on the team. And Alec did not play Web Warriors, which shocked me because Alec killed it with Web Warriors at WTC. And so I was expecting Web Warriors, but Alec showed up with X-Force. And this is what Chris was alluding to before. Which I love. Thank you, Alec. You did so good. So let's run through this roster, which has a couple of notable character inclusions. Okay. So we're running with Cable, Psylocke, Deadpool, X-23, Domino. That's our X-Force package. So now we're going to move into our splashes of Bullseye, Spectacular Spider-Man, Logan the Wolverine, Invincible Iron Man, and Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme. Spectacular Spider-Man, obviously a great choice. Yeah. He's he's insane right now. Get wherever you need to. Really mm-hmm. adds a lot to the objective game for a, a team that can struggle going into objective-based teams if the dice are not on. Yeah. I love Invincible Iron Man in here for the Helios. Of course, Sorcerer Supreme. Throwing a five threat in with your five threat leader. Yeah. I love it. It's a good way to stay tall if you need to. Yep. And he's uh, a very good and underutilized piece. I think he fits very, very well in the, into an X-Force team. I like it a lot. What's cool about Sorcerer Supreme Strange, you've got kind of semi-perfect information about your dice because you can Ayabagamoto all your dice again, and then you can X-Force reroll. And just kind of know what you're looking at, especially with that Pierce on his stuff. So amazing piece there. Absolutely. And shout out to Alec who made it this far. Love it. So let's get into the top three. I recognize the name here. Mike DeLuca. Love Mike. Love all the time we've spent together. And Mike showed up with a curveball, which I absolutely love. He showed up with Wakanda and Mike's list is very interesting because we played a roster at WTC that was very similar to this. Mike did actually in particular. And so I think Mike learned a lot from WTC and possibly brought his own spin on this. But what this is, is this is Wakanda that can go hard on objective or hard on attrition. And it's based off of the matchup. And what a great meta call in this, in this meta. Well, it's a great call for a player as smart as Mike too. Mike knows exactly what he wants to pull out given who he's playing every, every time. Very well studied, very well prepped, as are all of the people in this top 16. Do not get me wrong, but uh, a really, really great call. You know, some players are really good 
at maybe two different affiliations or switching between leaders or, or or making calls like this. And I think it was a wonderful play for Mike to play to his strength of just knowing what he needs to bring and giving himself all these options. Oh, absolutely. So as of the game stands right now, Mike has every Wakandan except Storm. So he has Black Panther, M'Baku, Killmonger, Shuri, and Okoye. And then he's got his splashes, Sam Wilson, Amazing Spider-Man, Black Cat, all objective pieces. And then he's got Cosmic Ghost Rider and Beta Ray Bill, which can obviously fight more or be in the scrum when they need to be, right? Now, what's interesting about this roster in particular is, and I'm surprised more people aren't doing this in the game because a couple of players have been doing this for a while and having extreme success. But it's the Spirit of Wakanda to kind of turn one play. Spirit of Wakanda, which is an amazing card, which you know passes power around on your team. And then you can advance to R&D which Mike has in his list. And you can get amazing Spider-Man to take your opponent's back objectives from them, essentially when the game has started. And so you're already way up on objective. And then because of the nature of Wakanda, when you need to spike on dice, you can, in later rounds, you can spend power to reroll dice and spike on dice and kind of blow the game out in attrition way later, right? So you're already up on points the whole game. And when you need to pull the break, and let out the attrition, you can do that. And obviously, Mike brought Cosmic Ghost Rider for the Cosmic Ghost Rider mirrors, I assume. So, amazing roster that can do both. And Wakanda's never going to go away, Chris. They've just still got nope. such an amazing leadership. They've got one of the best models in the game as their leader still. And a couple more leaderships coming. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's just an amazing roster. And it has elements of Sooner's Wakanda from the summer as well. Mbaku gave Wakanda a lot of legs because it gave him another affiliated model that's yeah. great. Right. And that's what they and a needed. good one. Uh, I mean, a solid four. And Absolutely. every team needs solid fours in this day of MCP. Absolutely. So let's talk about the top two now. We had two Guardians players with Space Reality Thanos making the top two. Now, what's interesting about this is both of them had the option to play Black Order, but they both played Guardians all six games. Okay. We've got John Paul George in second place and Gregory S. in first place. And these are scary Guardians rosters. Yep. So let's start with John Paul George's roster first. Beta Ray Bill, Rocket, Star-Lord, Cosmic Ghost Rider, Hulk, Agent Venom, Space Reality, Thanos, Toad, Miles Morales, Groot. All the good Guardians and amazing splashes. <laughs> that That is a list you have to really, really... Gear check. It's not just that. I'm thinking about turn zero into that list of trying to decide who I'm going to bring, trying to... Well, that's the first gear check, yeah. (laughs) Trying to guess which of these threats, how many of these huge threats uh, my opponent's going to put on the table. It's just, it really, that's a tough list to game plan against. So yeah, that's that's really well done. Absolutely. And Gregory S.'s list was Agent Venom, Beta Ray Bill, Cosmic Ghost Rider, Red Skull, Master of Hydra. That was his change. Rocket Raccoon, Star-Lord, Space Reality, Thanos, Groot, Hulk, and then Gamora instead of Agent Venom. I'd be interested to know how many times Gamora made the table. Uh, yeah, for sure. Probably not often, but I mean, it's probably the same with Agent Venom as well. They're, they're, yep. they're kind of rounding out your threat. They're niche tools. Helping you get there, right? Specific situations, yeah. Absolutely. So I know a lot of people were bummed that we had a mirror in the finals and it is what it is in that regard. But I mean, guardians are arguably the best team in the game right now and have been for some time with the inclusion of cosmic ghost Rider, kind of took them over the top when they already probably were the best team in the game before that. Absolutely. And so now 
with Thanos, though he got nerfed, his cosmic portal got nerfed, he got unrestricted again. In a inverse way, the Guardians got their restricted cards back, right? But a slightly depowered Thanos, but you know, it's still Thanos. He's still incredible. And one could argue both of these players have three or four of the best models in the game in both of their lists. I, I mean, as of this moment in time, Chris, it could change next month, right? It absolutely could change next month. In That's a big the nature way. of a meta. But when you've got <laughs> Thanos with with two gems, Hulk, Cosmic Ghost Rider, and you want to even throw a little toad action in there. I he's mean, not, he's not going to kill you, but he might beat you. He's going to yeah, win the def- game. Yeah. You definitely have to game plan on how you're going to deal with toad or how you're going to deal with the points toads putting on the board that you just can't stop. Yeah. Is, is toad going to score the entire game? If, if so, you need to deal with that. Right. So I don't think it's shocking that bill Hulk and Cosm ghost rider and both of these lists. No, especially because they're great models with kind of a plug and play leadership, which is everyone just gets re-rolls. Right. And guess what? Guess what models are getting the re-rolls. It's these models these really, really, really good models that send tons of dice. Yeah. Pretty and nice. Getting a little bit more consistency, right? Yep. It's the name and, of the game. You know, the finals was actually a, a full mirror. It was three wide guardians, three wide guardians, star Lord, cosmic ghost rider Hulk versus star Lord, cosmic ghost rider Hulk. And that really is like a positioning chess match. Absolutely. Like, and whose dice are going to hit first and who does dice are going to hit last. And, I'm not going to spoil the finals for you guys. You guys definitely should watch it, but it says a lot where the game is right now. But additionally, at the same time, Chris, these two players and Zach are the only guardians players that made the top 16 for as much guardian representation as there was at this tournament. That is pretty uncanny. It's just kind of, it's wild. Only three of 12 there. And just, it just shows as overpowered as people can say, that the guardians are CGR is yeah. You still have to put the time in the get, you still have to be an extremely good player to win at a tournament like this. Even if the team you're fielding is maybe technically a little better than your opponents, you still can't make a mistake. Absolutely not. And I also want to shout out too while we're here, Chris in this top eight out of eight players, seven affiliations were represented. I think that's awesome. That I think should speak possibly the most to where we're at because it seems very healthy to me right it feels good yeah it it, it's nice which is interesting is we had something very similar last year we had about seven affiliations represented in the top eight last year though a lot higher representation of like double dipping last year so there's like dual affiliated you know well and we have we just have so many more leaders now and a lot of these affiliations have two some have three leaders i mean avengers have a ton cabal has a ton but not necessarily needing to double a fill as much. I think you're going to get a lot more uh, mutant players. Obviously, it's extremely easy to double, triple affiliate. But everybody else, the game's getting to such a good point. We've got 150-something models out there now that you don't necessarily need to double a fill. There are tools to fill out the affiliation you want to play without having to, you know, really overcomplicate your turn zero. If you're not that type of player, I am not that type of player. So I prefer mono affiliation personally. Yeah. And technically all these were almost mono affiliated other than almost all the two guardians that had the black order splash. So, but it just, it makes so much sense to just have it, to have it. It's too easy when you're playing guardians with Thanos. It's too easy. It's because CGR is black order. Exactly. Yeah. So 
I think this is a very cool spread. I think this makes a lot of sense where we're at in the game right now. I think the game's in a really good spot. Even if Guardians are a little overtuned, it's like, look at the representation of the other factions that were here. We had almost had every affiliation in the game at this high level event. And then we also had this spread in the top 16 of different affiliations showing up, people piloting them to victory. Going four and two or higher at this level event is absolutely insane. And to end up here... It's really impressive with these rosters that we have. I love it. I I think the game's pretty healthy. Feels I nice. Too. Now, I do think it's interesting that now we've had the two big major events of MCP in North America of the last, you know, I guess just under a year, right? As in Adepticon last year and now LVO closing out the year, right? As we said, you know, kind of the resetting of the competitive cycle every year is this moment. Both those events were won by Guardians. Adepticon was won by Guardians, of course, in March. And then now Guardians have won this. Guardians have also won a lot of other major events this year. I mean, shout out to Zach, second wins, taking that whole Chicago event down with Guardians as well. So I think Guardians have taken a lot of wins this year, as in the first player spot, but also a lot of top eight spots, right? I mean, that's pretty much been every turn this year. So I'm curious what that means for the Guardians. I'm curious what that means for the rest of the game, responding to them. Right. And the pieces that we're getting over the coming years, maybe they're tools against Guardians as well. I think it's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. Per- personally speaking, <laughs> there's a guy, Bishop, who loves you to shoot him with energy attacks. E- very true. I'm very excited to talk about Bishop. We will talk about Bishop. Don't worry. But I was thinking that before they even revealed his card, I'm like, Bishop's going to love being attacked because it's power absorption, right? Surprised we don't see more claw going into going into Guardians. But I mean, five threats hard. Five threats hard, and if you have low representation of criminals at this event, like we did, Claw is going to be further down. Though, you know, cool shout out here. Vodka Blitz was here, and he was playing Claw criminals and did quite well with it. Smart man, a man of culture, <laughs> man of culture. I see, absolutely. So I, it's unfortunate we can't talk about the entire thing, Chris, because there's so many people that showed up to this and did well. A lot of people we recognize people from our discord, people from the greater MCP community that we've met over the years. And, you know, it's no surprise that all these players show up and do well at this. I mean, even going three and three in an event like this, you should walk away from this being like, not only did I get my money's worth, but I am proud, right? 100%. I think just going and playing your games. Oh, absolutely. And and, and being there and being a good opponent, you can go, oh, and six for all I care. If you had a good time, I think you should be proud. I think if you went yes. and, and played played to the played to your ability, learned some things, became a better player over the course of the weekend, you should absolutely be proud for going, even if you didn't take home a single win. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I know people drop from events like this, but Chris and I don't like to. We like to play it, see it played out. And so I, I like to stick till the bitter end. Yeah, I have a lot more respect for people that go 0 and 6 and see it all through and and learn a lot and you know than people that might drop right away and things like that. So, it's just a personal preference thing, right? But I was just saying with a 3 and 3, like if you went with a super competitive goal for the year and and obviously you qualified and you made it to this event and then you show up at this thing and you go 3 and 3, I mean, and you had competitive goals, right? Like you have hit them in my mind, like 100%. You have, you have performed. You made it here and not only do you make it here, you went Three and three. Yeah, fantastic. And, you know, I think a lot of players just played really well at this and really showed up. And it just gets better and better every year. And a part of that is Omnis and Tyson just putting more time, effort, money, and attention into it. And then the players 
throughout the year, putting more time into the circuit, right? The circuit oh, yeah. makes LVO better. Like when people show up more, people play more, right? We're both experiencing that as well. Just being able to make it to the few events we get to make. In the circuit, yeah. Yeah, it's always a highlight of my year. So hopefully I'll make a lot more this year. We've got a few on our radar and we'll be covering those on the show and hopefully doing well at those and getting some LVO points and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's just so fun to compete in this, Chris. It's like win or lose, whatever it is. It's, it's, It's a new year. It's a new LVO IS system and circuit and getting to participate in this is quite honestly a privilege. So I'm very excited to a new year of it. And this is kind of the end cap to our last year to our meta, right? And the meta will, I'm sure change very soon with Wakanda and mutants on the horizon. And oh yeah. After that. And I'm really excited to see what happens with it. And I'm, this is a great place to put a book in here and, and, and move on. Right. And now, I mean, it's fun to talk about this like we do every year now, and kind of bookend our North America competitive experience here. Absolutely. It's it's a great kind of end to the competitive year, like you're saying. And and you know, once again, big congratulations to Gregory S for taking the whole thing home. Massive shout out. Very, very awesome. Good on you, man. Uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to you about it sometime soon. Good job, Greg. And amazing job, John Paul George getting oh, second everybody. In of this caliber. Yeah, right? Everybody that played awesome, but you know, the winner's got to get his shout. So, and I think even John Paul George said on the professional casual stream, he's like, I just want to make it the final table. Yeah. Like whatever happens after that is dude, that's you know, massive. It's huge. Like, that's all you gotta like. If it's you do massive. that, you're a champion. I'd be on, I'm, I'd be on cloud nine for a year. If I absolutely. made a final table like that, man. Absolutely. Well, of course we cannot do the show without our wonderful patrons. You guys at home listening can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash furious finest gets you instant access to the private discord and all the behind the scenes and extra content we have on the show. As we said in previous episodes recently, we've got a lot of plans this year for travel and stuff like that. And if the Patreon can get us there, we're going to go there, right? So you guys actually showing up is actually directly contributing to the content you're going to hear on this show this year. So if you're interested in maybe helping us get there, check out the Patreon tiers. Of course, you can find us on several spaces online on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, Furious Finest, X, Furious Finest Cast, and email us at furiousfinest at gmail.com and leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. Just thumb over if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict, whatever it is, give us five stars. Would mean a lot. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for the show's music. And like Jesse said, all of those ratings help a ton. Every listen helps, every review helps, sharing it helps. It's all wonderful, wonderful things. And we thank you guys for each and every little bit you do. We absolutely are humbled uh, every week by this. And it's very, I don't know, it's really great. So thank you so much. It's absolutely great. You can find me and Chris several spaces online and engage with us there. You can find me, Jesse, on all the same place at jesse aiken that's j-e-s-s-e-e-a-k-i-n x instagram discord Longshanks, and you can check out my star wars shatterpoint show that i do with my co-host and partner amon and we talk about everything star wars and shatterpoint at hello there at star wars shatterpoint podcast where of course we have a big year for shatterpoint this year as well so keep an eye on that chris where can everyone find you you can find me on discord at strong style chris finest in all of the mcp discords that i'm in probably should join a couple more now that I think about it. Uh, you can also check me out on my NBA podcast, Orange Futures. Pretty exciting time in the league. Our next episode is going to be talking about, you know, Adrian Griffin getting dismissed, Doc Rivers getting hired, 
Joel Embiid had 70 points in a one game. That's kind of insane. And, you know, just a lot of stuff like uh, how bad are the Hawks? Real bad. But not as worse, not as bad as Detroit. You know, it's, I don't know. There it is. I'd rather be a fan of Detroit, personally. Just saying. Okay. Anyway. You got a snippet of Chris's podcast. Yeah. Throw right throw your rotten tomatoes at me later. Anyway. <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. True believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 